You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and this is Lifelong Journey, a radio program with the Office for Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And with me this morning is Emily Cortina. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Doing well, thank you. <laughs> Enjoying the heat. Yes, I know. Where did that heat come from all of a sudden, right? It always sneaks up on us in uh, uh, in June and July. It's like, it gets so hot. Yeah, yeah. Um. What is your favorite way to cool down in the summer these days? Oh, I got to say popsicles. Popsicles? <laughs> yeah, fruit popsicles. <laughs> I was thinking like kiddie pool with feet in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good too. You know, that's good too. But um, nothing refreshes like a good fruit popsicle. That's true. That is true. Uh, so, good morning, guests. Uh, this is Emily Cortina. She comes to us from the Colby House uh, Jail Ministry in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And, uh, Emily, I'm sure there's lots of people who probably don't know who you are. And I was wondering if you could introduce yourself to our audience and a little bit about what you do. Sure. Well, you said my name. I'm Emily. I work for Colby House. Colby House is the jail ministry of the Archdiocese, so we serve, um, of course, folks who are incarcerated, um, mostly in Cook County Jail. That's our largest ministry site in the Archdiocese, Um, but we we minister to everyone who's affected by incarceration, Um, and I'm the coordinator of outreach and formation, so I work with parishes. Um, I coordinate our, our outreach to parishes and education. Um, I also coordinate our outreach to families who are affected by incarceration. And then I lead our, our formation for volunteers. We have a, a, a large volunteer body who carries out our ministries, and, um, and I lead the formation for them. Now, how long have you been doing this work with the Colby House? I'm just coming on three years now. Wonderful. Um, and what's the tell? Can you explain a little bit about uh, Colby House Jail Ministry and how long it's been around for? Roughly? Yeah, yeah. Colby House was founded in the in the mid '80s. Um, Father Larry Craig is recognized as the founder, but he was part of a small group of um, religious and lay people who would get together and talk about um, the, the the issues that their communities were experiencing and. Um, incarceration is one of those issues, the criminal justice system kind of wrapped up, connected to lots of other issues. Um, but they wanted to do something. They wanted the church to respond. And so they came up with a proposal of Colby House and brought that to Cardinal Bernadine at the time. And he said, yeah, let's, let's go for it. And so they, they named it Colby House. Um, it was founded just a few months after 
St. Maximilian Kolbe was canonized. Um, he was a saint who was martyred in Auschwitz. Um, so he was a prisoner, and he ministered to prisoners. Um, and then they put house on that name because they wanted to recognize us as a ministry of hospitality, um, not a social service agency, not an office that you go to, um, but really something that's, that's a community that's based in hospitality. So that's how Colby House was born. That's, you know, I, I know very little about uh, Colby House's origin, and that is probably the most that I've, I, I guess, the in-depth story behind it and I had no idea that it, the house was to be to really represent the hospitality that I imagine um, when people are coming to Colby House looking for help or looking for anything that that you know might um, help change their situation or their family situation the house and the idea of hospitality must be a beautiful image for them to kind of encounter it definitely is and the importance of community um, in order for individuals who have gone through traumatic experiences, who have experienced hurt, I mean, the importance of community can't be overstated. Um, and that's one of the gifts of our church, you know, is that we're so community-based. And so it, it just, you know, it made sense for the ministry to take on that form. Now, the reason uh, we invited you, uh, we, uh, the Royal, we invited you on this morning was we really wanted to, uh, to an opportunity, kind of given today's context and all that's been happening, especially since early spring of this year, of, you know, what does it mean for Colby House to take on the formation of, of parents and families? And, and formation, at least for us in, in Lifelong Journey, is like, well, it's it's... It's more than a desk and it's more than notebooks and it's more than kind of rote learning and teaching and online learning. I think the formation of families, especially during this time, is to me in the approach that you're, you're thinking about is really person centered. Involving like the I mean, senses and experiences and emotions kind of to help an individual like continue to form themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And. You know, the effects of crime and criminal justice are, they extend far beyond those who are are behind bars. You know, they affect victims, they affect the families of those people, and they affect the communities. Um, and every community is touched by incarceration. In some communities, it's a, it's a very hidden problem. There's a lot of stigma around having a loved one who is in jail or in prison. Um, and in other communities, it's far too obvious um, the impact that the criminal justice system has. And I think, like you said, we're we're in a moment where we're really waking up to the fact that we can't just limit our concern to our family or our immediate community. Um, we need to have an open idea about who our neighbors are, and we need to renew our commitment to caring for each other. And and that that's when that can come from the family, that's such a beautiful thing. Um, and so, you know, at, we're starting to ask those questions in a much bigger way. How can we all play a part in, in creating a more just and peaceful society? Now, I'm curious in the past couple months, if, if in your role, uh, working with doing a lot of the outreach, uh, perhaps to families and even volunteers or even community members, have you found yourself more busy 
or is there been more interest that people have expressed during these times? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when, when the stay-at-home order started and I thought, oh, we're going to be working from home, I'll catch up on all these projects and, you know, things that kind of looking ahead, planning for the future, um, a lot of that got pushed down in priorities, um, you know, and, and rightfully so. We're, we're grateful for the opportunity to have increased contact, inter- increased interest in what we're doing and an opportunity to be part of the conversation of, of how we, we respond to racial injustice in particular at this time. So do you have a, a recent example maybe in the past couple months of uh, maybe people who've reached out or conversations that you've had in the community? What is that? What is the real kind of um, day-to-day look like for you in the past, you know, three or four months? Yeah, well, there's been, of course, a lot of online events just because of the, the time that we're in. Um, lots of online conversations. Um, interest in learning more, so forums about criminal justice, about racial injustice, about um, about how people can get involved. We recently hosted um, a series of, of discussions of the movie Just Mercy, mm-hmm. which the Archdiocese was promoting, and they had done some before, but there was, you know, a, a renewed interest to sort of dive deeper into that. Um, and so we had conversations with some of our volunteers who have been visiting the jail regularly, as well as others who were just brand new to this and and wanting to renew their commitment, wanting to do something in a bigger way. Um, So that's one recent activity that we hosted. But um, last night, our our director was on Theology on Tap. So we've been, you know, we've just been um, getting involved in, in a lot of those conversations that are happening. That's really beautiful. Uh, We are going to take a break, and then we will come back in a little bit. Okay, thanks. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. 
Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about the outreach efforts underway by the Catholic Church to help people in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll show you how online masses have become a common way of worship, and we'll give you a sampling of how teachers and students in Catholic schools are being creative and productive during the health crisis. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. My name is Clarissa Alentera, and I'm your host this morning, and I'm joined by um, Emily Cortina, who's with us from the Colby House Jail Ministry. Um, and Emily, you said something before the break that I kind of wanted to go back to, and that is uh, what you're finding now, um, especially with the type of ministry that you're doing with uh, Colby House, is that people have to look out for families beyond their own and the kind of call to respond uh, to community, it sounds like, is what is what some of the, the unrest um, is maybe helping people turn inward to kind of realize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it, it's part of our call as Christians as well. Um, you know, one of the scripture verses that Colby House um, always goes back to is Jesus calling us, you know, I was in prison and you visited mm -hmm. me. Um, and that becomes a call, I think, to turn towards suffering, to turn towards others who are suffering. And that's a hard thing to do, um, especially when we're experiencing, you know, we all have 
have internal issues too, personal um, in our own families. And it can be hard to turn towards others who are suffering and, and try to carry other burdens as well. But um, what we really find through our ministry, through our volunteers who engage in this ministry is that when you're carrying it together, you know, the commitment grows to, to alleviate that burden and, and it doesn't feel as heavy. But but it's not an easy thing to do, to turn towards other families, other communities who are suffering, especially if it's in a way that we don't understand or that we're not familiar with. Um, but that's what we're called to do. Now, tell me a little bit about how you came to Kobe uh, house ministry. It sounds like you, you joined uh, a few years ago, but I, I, I imagine there was a spark that came up deep within you um, at some point before three years ago. Tell us what that was like. Yeah. So, you know, I think it started, well, everything starts when we're kids, right? Some kind of formation that re- we receive. But when I was in high school, um, I'm from Nebraska, um, but I actually came on a service trip to Chicago um, through Young Neighbors in Action. And that's the first time that I learned about Catholic social teaching. And that really awoke in me sort of this conviction. I, I, From that experience onward, I knew that somehow my life would be mission and service-driven. Um, I didn't know what that would look like, but that sort of set me on that path. Um, you know, if you fast-forward eight years or so, I ended up back in Chicago after after college, after a, a service program abroad. I came to Chicago for graduate school in ministry. Um, and just about a month after moving here, I, in a very um, a very odd story that we won't get into, but I met sure. my who's now my now husband. Um, uh, kind of one of those stories that never. Uh, that you can't believe to be true. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was really happy. I was in a good place in life and um, met him. And um, it just so happened, though, that he had just been a few months out of jail at that time. Um, and his story, there were so, there's so many things in, in what happened to him that didn't make sense. Um, you know, he ended up pleading guilty to charges that he could have been cleared of quite easily um, just to get out of jail. And that's a, that's an issue, um, a big problem here in Cook County. Um, But that's sort of, you know, I knew there were problems with the criminal justice system, but at that time, I guess it was still sort of hard for me to accept um, how incredibly flawed the system really was. And, And our relationship shaped the path that ministry took. Um, and so I did my practicum in the juvenile detention center with Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation, which is based in back of the yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I was visiting the juvenile detention center, you know, here I am, this white girl from Nebraska, mm-hmm. um, visiting teenagers, you know, from inner city Chicago, um, visited one gentleman, Orlando, from a Puerto Rican family, um, you know, gang tattoos. I was intimidated, and I thought, how, how on earth could I connect with someone so different from me? You know, how, what, what can I offer? What can I bring? Um, and I happened to be expecting my first child at that time. And I remember um, 
you know, after our initial meeting and he knew that I was expecting, he would always ask me how I was and, you know, about my morning sickness. And, and then he would show me pictures of his son who had been recently born. Mm. Um, and, you know, he was a, a very proud father and uh, we were able to connect on that shared human experience. Um, and so that, that um, encounter and those relationships convinced me that justice is about more than punishment, that we were doing it wrong, um, that justice can really be achieved through relationship and connecting people. Um, and that's what, that's what can lead to healing and can lead to change in our communities. Okay. That that was some heavy stuff. Oh my goodness! I uh, I'm sad that we have to take a quick break, but I have tears in my eyes and I want to know more. It's a word that inspires individuals and groups of people to achieve important goals. And in recent weeks, teamwork has been essential to our food and nutrition services at Catholic Charities. Careful allocation of food supplies has allowed all nine of our food pantries to serve twice the number of guests they usually see. A detailed coordination of staff and resources has ensured that our WIC centers remain open for families with children under five years old. Despite social distancing, our volunteers and restaurant partners have continued to make to-go meals possible for the hungry and the homeless who come to 721 North LaSalle and our suburban locations. And our creative employees have worked with food vendors and neighbors to make sure homebound seniors and the disabled still have meals delivered to them. Our team members recognize how serious food insecurity can be. Please join us in our mission. Visit www.catholiccharities.net. There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here. If you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951 anytime, day or night, and you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of 
for life of lifelong faith formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And with me this morning is Emily, and she's joining us from the Colby House Jail Ministry. And that's such a uh, I could see why you would be called to this type of ministry. You're, you're Emily. You've got uh, a lot of great stories yourself, but uh, your storytelling just leaves me wanting wanting to hear more. Uh, so you said something right before we. Uh, we went to break that um, it, and um, it was about justice. You said something and I probably didn't write it down correctly, but justice is more than punishment. Um, and can you kind of talk a little bit about um, what there was something in that line that really um, left me thinking over the break of what what that looks like and what that looks like in the current context of, of the ministry you're doing today? Yeah, so the, the criminal justice system in the United States has become basically a system of punishment. So um, the way that the the system runs is it, you know, we look for whoever's guilty of a crime, and then we try to figure out what's the appropriate punishment for them. Um, and we find that, one, this is not effective, and two, um, as Catholics, this is not the type of justice that, that God um, has given us. This isn't, this isn't what justice is. Uh, one of my favorite things about doing this work in terms of my faith and um, what the church teaches is that it's totally changed my idea of the Old Testament God. You know, sometimes we grow up thinking the Old Testament is sort of this um, gloom and doom God who punishes. Um, but we find the references to justice throughout the whole Bible, including and especially in the Old Testament, is this bigger concept of justice that includes making things right. It includes our relationships with others. Um, it's reconciliation, and it's mercy. And so justice is much bigger than, than punishment. Um, and that's something that's, that's just not happening um, in our criminal justice system. There is um, a lot of growing acceptance around an idea called restorative justice, mm -hmm. um, which is not something brand new. A lot of organizations and um, individuals and advocates have been pushing this for a long time, and so there are lots of sort of experiments or small-scale versions of restorative justice, which instead of asking who did the crime and what's their punishment, it asks who was harmed, what needs to happen to heal the harm, and who's responsible for making that happen. So it turns the whole process on its head and, and looking at what harm is existing here and how can we actually heal that and hold accountable those who were involved in, in causing the harm. I'm, um, when you're talking about your own call to this type of ministry, I'm wondering it, it, what you when you're talking about kind of um, finding new scripture passages in the Bible, is there any one that really calls to you, uh, especially right now, that it, it is one that you just lean on so hard? <laughs> um, you know, I there's almost no scripture that doesn't enlighten this work in some way. Um, I will tell you that just before this call, the scripture that, that was really sticking in my mind is a psalm that we sing often, but it's, Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. Um, and I think the reason that that speaks to me is because the Jesus that we encounter in ministry is Jesus on the way up the cross. Mm. It's 
it's a lot of suffering and it's a lot of pain and it's really hard to walk with Jesus on that way. Um, it's hard not to turn away and, and just sort of forget about that suffering. Um, especially when, you know, part of my ministry is with families who have loved ones that are incarcerated. And so we, we accompany families whose loved ones have been sentenced to 30, 40 years. Um, you know, this isn't just a problem that I can say it's going to get better. Um, this is a long road. And so it's walking with Jesus the way of the cross. And so just remembering that the resurrection is coming, you know, keeping hope in the resurrection. And, and so many of the people who we, we accompany are, are living testimonies to that hope. You know, they live it out every day. Um, and so remembering, you know, God is the one with everlasting life. Um, it's, it's important not to forget that. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a, a good one. Is there uh, a story in recent memory that uh, brings that, that passage to life for you? Um, without getting, like, super specific, is there a, a situation or an individual or a story? Um, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, some of the families, some of the people that we accompany are, are looking at very long sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a mother whose, whose son is, is serving a long sentence. Um, I actually communicate with, with both of them because our family group wrote letters to him and, you know, that, that communication continues, but, um, he's experiencing abuse, experiencing, you know, uh, a a lack of personal safety, um, where he is. And so we we're trying to work with his mom on, you know, what avenues are there for reporting things for changing conditions that, um, individuals experience in prison. Um, and hitting a lot of, of dead ends. Um, and so walking with a parent, you know, who, whose son is going through that, um, who might be carrying some sense of guilt, you know, herself or, you know, wondering what, what led to this, what could I have done, um, feeling powerless. That's a, that's a really hard thing. And as a parent myself, you know, I, 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 there's nothing you can say really to, to make that better. Um, so those are moments when you just, you have to lean on faith because there's very little else to, to grab onto. Well, I want to take a quick break, take a breath, and then we'll come back in a little bit and hear more.
Henry Ford once said, a business that makes nothing but money is a poor business. At Catholic Charities, we are deeply grateful to our corporate partners who agree with Henry Ford. Some of our corporate partners make a financial commitment each year to the work of Catholic Charities. Other partners donate or offer reduced prices on goods and services that help our clients find stability in their lives. Still other corporate leaders gather their employees and regularly volunteer at our food pantries and our suppers for the homeless. For over a century, support from businesses large and small has been vital to our efforts to strengthen the lives of individuals and communities, one person, one family at a time. If you'd like to join us in our mission, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Thank you. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We have been ready through many historic moments and we continue to respond with competence and compassion during these unprecedented times. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the risks, excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who remain open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that to-go meals continue for the homeless, to our home care aides, service coordinators, and trained counselors who continue their work in the most innovative ways, to our food pantry staff, and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese. And uh, join, uh, joining me this morning is Emily Cortina, and she's with the Colby House Gem Ministry. And Emily, you've uh, shared a lot, and I wanted to know uh, your experience in high school, I believe, when you said you came to Chicago when you were first introduced to Catholic social teaching really formed, really kind of started you um, in um, on the path that you're on now. And I was wondering um, if you could talk a little bit about, a little more about that, but also ways in which some of the documents in the church have kind of uh, lifted up the work of um, of the jail ministry and, and the ministry you're doing now. Yeah, the so the, the um, you know, high school opportunities can be so powerful. And actually my work with Colby House, we host a few services opportunities for high schoolers, which I love because of, you know, what I shared, that that was so formational for me. Um, 
having the opportunity to not only come into contact with a reality very different from mine. Um, actually, we were when I came to Chicago for the service trip, we were um, volunteering with the children's program at at St. Anselm Parish, um, and and actually we we. We have relationship with St. Anselm with Colby House, so um, it was a beautiful way to kind of come back to that um, that experience. Um, but service trips can be dangerous in that they can leave youth feeling kind of like I I did my part, I made my difference, and you know I'm I'm the hero, I saved somebody. Um, and what I came out of my service trip with was a kind of a very heavy sense of, um, you know, what can I do? What can, what can I do to change some of the injustice that I sort of was just coming into contact with? Um, and so the fact that part of that service trip was learning about Catholic social teaching and about how our faith calls us to defend the human dignity of others, to stand in solidarity, um, you know, that sort of gave me some tools to keep exploring that and to not just let it be kind of a feel-good experience, um, but to really, really let that shape my life um, and shape my faith in a, in a new way. Where else in our church, especially documents or letters, perhaps from popes, where does it? Where are you finding um, a little, a little church guidance? I guess in in terms of the ministry that you're doing now. The so the um, U.S. bishops are very active in the area of criminal justice, and um, almost 20 years ago now, actually, they wrote a, a document specifically about. The Catholic Perspective on Crime and Criminal Justice. It's called Responsibility, Rehabilitation, and Restoration. Um, and they highlight a lot of very particular issues that exist in the criminal justice system and the need to reform them. But they also, also recognize sort of the need for a foundational shift in the way that we think about um, handling crime and handling um, relating to people who have caused harm to others in a much more restorative way. So that's a, a that's one really good document um, that we have specifically speaking to the situation in the United States. Got it. Uh, that's, I'm sorry, what was it? It was restorative? It's called Responsibility, Rehabilitation, and Restoration. Got it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they could have picked a shorter title, but. No, I, I just wanted to make sure that I, that I remembered it, but also that, uh, our listeners kind of kept it uh, fresh in their mind. Uh, what are some things that, um, th- when you talk about formational opportunities for families and ways that individuals are continuing to form themselves, even if they just have questions, you know, I mean, some people aren't really, they're, they're interested, they're, they're listening to us and they're like, hmm, I want to know just a little more. I don't know if I'm ready to jump full in. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? There are lots of resources for learning more. Um, you know, if it's learning more about the criminal justice system or about restorative justice, um, there are many organizations. There's a national organization called Catholic Mobilizing Network. They have some really good resources, um, kind of introductory resources to restorative justice. 
also to the death penalty um, and the Catholic, what the Catholic Church teaches. Um, I would say also bringing it up with, with their pastor and, and asking if their parish has a relationship with Colby House or if there are any um, discussions happening, if, there are, if there's any other outreach with folks who are um, affected by incarceration. Um, but in, in this moment in time, I think, you know, the first thing we, we all need to do, especially those of us like me who are um, maybe who grew up without being in direct contact with the criminal justice system, is just to examine ourselves, um, to, to think about how we respond to people who have done something wrong. Um, you know, the criminal justice system judges someone based on the worst moment, you know, their worst act, the worst thing that they've done. Um, and that's not how we're called to, to, to label people. Um, those who end up getting caught up in that, in that system live with that stigma their whole life. The rest of their life is marked by this moment. Um, and we're called to, to continue seeing the image of God in that person. And so really examining, you know, how we even talk about people who are um, in jail, people who have committed a crime, you know, calling them criminals or felons or, um, you know, words that, that reduce their whole being down to this one, one thing that they've done. We're called to, to continue seeing them as the image of God and to continue um, holding them up as an image of God. Um, so there's a lot of interior reflection that can be done, um, but also, like I said, there's lots of resources for reading, um, the Archdiocese right now is doing a lot. The the our our office, the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity, is um, offering opportunities for conversation, um, so that so that we can kind of process and and figure out how each of us is called to to get involved and what the next step is for each of us. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break and then come back. Thanks so much. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. 
If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about the outreach efforts underway by the Catholic Church to help people in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll show you how online masses have become a common way of worship, and we'll give you a sampling of how teachers and students in Catholic schools are being creative and productive during the health crisis. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We have been ready through many historic moments and we continue to respond with competence and compassion during these unprecedented times. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the risks, excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who remain open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that to-go meals continue for the homeless. To our home care aides, service coordinators, and trained counselors who continue their work in the most innovative ways. To our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. This is Clarissa, and join, joining me this morning is Emily, and she's with us from the Colby House Jail Ministry. And uh, before we left for break, you had we were talking a little bit about how people can respond. And, and one thing I wanted to maybe just draw out a little bit more is what I heard really is an opportunity for discernment and reflection. It really kind of thinking and internalizing for an individual like what what could be next. I think so often uh, in situations where people are called to volunteer, it's like, well, I got to show up the next day with X, Y and Z and, and, and kind of act as opposed to really sit back and, and invite God into that conversation. You're right. And and this is a unique moment for Colby House, actually, because with the pandemic, our in-person ministries are very limited, so there's actually very little um, in terms of jumping into a ministry. There's very little that we can do right now, um, and so I think it it emphasizes even more the importance of really, really asking how we're called to get involved, because it's not just about jumping into a ministry or, or a volunteer um, project or or 
you know, making a, a one-time donation to something. It's really thinking about the way that we live our lives and how can I orient my life more fully towards justice, towards community, um, towards the common good. And, and that can involve, you know, every area of our life. It's not just something that we do on the side. So what what might that look like for individuals who are sitting at home listening to this radio or podcasting it or listening to it? It's at some form. It sounds like there is the, the personal prayer. Uh, there's intentionality maybe of, of looking like resources like Catholic Mobilizing Network. But it also sounds like there's an opportunity to have a conversation at their local parish or maybe even with other families they they might know. Definitely. I think, you know, there's really no limit to how we could apply um, a renewed commitment to justice in, in our everyday life. Um, you know, for parents, that might look look like examining the way that we give consequences to our children, the way that we teach about right and wrong, or um, the way that we teach about good guys and bad guys. You know, I have a five-year-old son who, for for quite a while now, has been really interested in superheroes, you know. And um, so the way that programs teach ideas about this is a good guy, this is a bad guy, um, but saying, oh, you know, he's not bad. He just, he made a bad decision or talking about how that's still good. Um, you know, when I, when he asked me to play action figures with him, instead of them fighting and beating the bad guy, I always say, well, try to convince me to be good. You know, if I'm the bad guy, try to convince me to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems, it sounds funny, but those are little ways that we form our children, um, to see the world in a certain way. Um, and he, he started to say those things on his own, um, that so-and-so, you know, villain isn't, he's not a bad guy. He was just, you know, misbehaving. Um, so there's little things that we can do as parents to shape the way that our children see the world. Um, you know, we talk about going to visit the jail. He knows that that's the kind of work that I do. Um, and one thing that I learned in, in coming into family ministry is that, um, that, that kids are much more capable of handling the truth than we think they are. Sometimes we want to kind of gloss over um, the way that things are. But, for example, when children have a loved one who is incarcerated, the, the evidence of, from child psychologists says, you know, be as honest as you can um, for their level of development. Um, a lot of families will want to say, no, oh, he's, he's away on work or she's in the hospital or whatever it is. But um, if we don't teach kids how to see a situation, then someone else in the world will um, or their imagination will. And so we, we have the power to give those tools to our children to see the world in a certain way. Um, so that's one example for parents. Um, you know, other things, there's thinking about where we spend our money. What, what kind of businesses are we supporting? Um, you know, there are social enterprises that employ individuals with criminal records. Um, so putting in a little more effort into how we spend our money or, or what businesses we support, those are other ways that we can sort of reorient things that we already do, um, but find ways to promote justice and, and promote solidarity through them. Okay, well, I think we're going to need to take another quick break, and then I want to hear a little bit more about those uh, concrete action steps for families. 
There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here. If you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951 anytime, day or night, and you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. We're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. And joining me this morning is Emily Cortina. With, uh, she does ministry with the Colby House. And so we've got a little less than five minutes, which is plenty of time, I know. Uh, we, Emily, tell us a little bit more about some of the, uh, the formation pieces that you've been involved with in, in the outreach um, with Colby House. Sure. Well, Colby House um, works with many parishes across the Archdiocese to offer formation experiences. Um, we come speak at parishes. We can speak to any kind of group. You know, we go and speak with women's groups, with religious ed parents, with religious ed students. Um, we've done, you know, a workshop where kids will learn about uh, incarceration, learn about our ministry, and then do some kind of project Um we had a, a parish recently who made keychains that then we keychain rosaries that we hand out um, to folks who are coming out of jail and prison um, who come to us for for accompaniment for help. Um, we can speak at masses, so we do a lot of formation working with parishes, um, also helping parishes develop some of these small groups for discussion um, that we mentioned earlier in the program. You know, maybe it's reading something or, or a Bible study that, that walks us deeper into what is justice, um, how does this relate to the criminal justice system. So we, we, we try to work with parishes to develop formation opportunities that, are, that fit their needs and their interests. 
That's great. I, I I love that it's a personalized approach. It's not just like you come and you're like, great, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It's really, again, it's the idea that you're listening to the community, the exact needs and kind of creating something that will really resonate with people. Definitely. Every community, as I said, it, every community is affected by incarceration, but also every community is different. And um, so we try to understand the needs of the local community and and provide opportunities that speak to those needs. Uh, when we're talking about maybe resources for parents, are there uh, places in particular that you could guide our listeners to websites, your own uh, Colby House Ministry website or Facebook page or anything like that? Definitely. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We, we share information about events that we are hosting or participating in. Um, we share advocacy opportunities from other organizations. Um, so sometimes there are, you know, there's an opportunity to call your legislator or to sign a petition. Um, there's one we just recently posted about the, the death penalty being used to get on a federal level. So opportunities like that that are, that are things that in just a few minutes you can, um, you can make a difference. And then um, on our website, you can also find more information, you know, about our history, who we are, what we do. Um, there are some resources for further, further learning there as well. Um, and I would say, you know, just learning about organizations in Chicago. There's so many good organizations doing work. Um, we work with many of them to try to provide a more, you know, a comprehensive solution to the problems that, that our communities face. Um, so just learning more about about the, the organizations and opportunities that exist. Do you have the website address handy for our listeners to write down? Our website is colbyhouseministry.org. Colby is K-O-L-B-E. Um, and that just takes you to our page on the Archdiocese website. So if you know, you know, if you can get to Arch Chicago, you could find us eventually, but we have that direct link, colbyhouseministry.org. Fantastic. And it sounds like since uh, Mary Claire did the Theology on Tap last night, I imagine that's also going to be streaming from the Archdiocesan Facebook pages. And so uh, thank you so much, Emily, for joining us this morning. Uh, your stories are great. Continue doing good work. This is Clarissa Alhantara, uh, and I'll catch you next time. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.